This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Welcome to episode number 10 in the Into Backpacking podcast series. This is Bird Shooter, and uh, tonight we're going to speak with Brett Thurmrider Fuller about a, a recent trip that we took to the Crocker Mountains in Stratton, Maine. This is actually part two of a two-part series on this hike. Uh, was not able to get... Um, Brett together with uh, with Jim and Roger, who I interviewed uh, earlier, uh, about the hike. But this is uh, regarding a section of the Appalachian Trail near Sugarloaf Ski Resort in the sort of northwestern um, part of Maine. Uh, we're going to talk with Brett about our travel to and from the trailhead, which uh, I traveled with him. It was actually a pretty, pretty entertaining uh, trip up there. Um, we're going to get Brett's first impressions of the AT in Maine. He's a Georgia boy, has hiked uh, a lot in uh, the state of Georgia on the Appalachian Trail, but this was a very new experience for him. And we're going to also um, talk about the old uh, and well-known thru-hiker expression, no rain, no pain, no Maine, which really proved to be the case during this, um, during this hike. So... That said, let's hear from Brett Fuller. All right, here we are. This is the Lake Burton interview on a Friday night on a nice, cool, crisp fall October evening. We're here with Brett Fuller, a.k.a. Thermorider? Thermorider. Thermorider. That's right. You earned that name. I earned that name with you at, uh, was it uh, Panther Creek? Yeah, it was an impressive ride you did down the uh, the creek, by the way, on your thermorest. It's amazing what you do when uh, you say, oh, I'll do that after you have a couple drinks around the campfire, and uh, then you have to live up to uh, your boast after you've been drinking. I, it's, I, not, it's not the first time that it's happened. i got to be honest with you, Brad. I did not think, to be quite frank, <laughs> that you were going to make it through that, that rapid on your thermorest. I thought for sure going down that waterfall you were going to get tossed. Well, it was about a, uh, what, a three-foot depth that turned into about a 12-inch depth. And uh, what you didn't see was it probably looked a little bit smooth on the uh, on the surface. But uh, just to live up to have, floating down, I had, you know, my feet kicking pretty heavily and, you know, getting, getting uh, bruised up a little bit on the rocks just to say, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. I told you I could do this. You know, I'll be honest with you. You manhandled the rapid. You uh, not at any point in time looked like you were going to come off the uh, thermorest, and uh, you, you earned the name. You I earned w- it. I would say it's not a rapid. It was more of a puddle with a stream. <laughs> but there was, to, to your credit, there was a waterfall there that uh, you certainly could have gotten hung up on. But that—that's not why we're here tonight. It, here. It, it was to make it look cool, though. That—that's what it was all about. Well, you know, if our listeners would like to go to N2 Backpacking and see the video, it's there. Excellent. Um, so I would encourage them to do that. But uh, but we're here tonight to talk about Maine. We're hot off a uh, backpacking trip in Maine. I interviewed Roger the Camel Cardo a couple weeks ago, and I got the Jim camel. Bunting with him, a.k.a. CeCe. 
But now it's your turn. It's your turn to sound off on the uh, the experience. So my my first question to you there, Brett. But let's let's address where we're sitting and what we did today first. Oh sure, absolutely. Uh, we we just came off a, a short hike. Um, we we drove through from Atlanta. Uh, took 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 a half day at work and played a little hooky. Left to Atlanta at noon. The great thing about the southeast and living in Atlanta is you can get to a beach in five hours. You can get to the mountains in two hours, That's and not just the mountains, but the AT. Indeed, and not only did we hit the AT, we saw a lot of people hiking today on a Friday, surprisingly. It it was a gorgeous day. It's uh, October, what's today, the 25th, 25th. and uh, we were at the top of Trey Mountain, and it had to be in the 60s. It was just beautiful. Yeah, it was a perfect day. Lots of leaves were changing. Um, Very different than your experience in Maine a couple weeks ago. (laughs) Uh, I think we did not time Maine very well. Yes. Well, we uh, the we leaves agree. were beautiful, but the weather uh, did not cooperate too well. Not, not the first time I've been to Maine and uh, been saturated in the fall up there. So um, Did not know what to expect, but let's, we can talk about that. That's what we're here to talk about. That was actually my first question for you was... Um, this is this was your first trip to Maine, right? Back, it is um, not just backpacking, but in general, correct? A- absolutely. Well, actually, I uh, went to Maine when I was uh, a child. My uh, father was a programmer for the lottery and programmed mainframes, and uh, so he took us up. We had a lot of lobster dinners, that kind of stuff, kind of spoiling us a little bit. And so I had seen Maine from the inside of uh, the most roughing it uh, was the inside of a tin roof fishing boat. I mean, I was roughing it. I was out on a lake. I was bundled up and warm, and but wow, uh, yeah, that was. I really consider that roughing it at the point. Um, well, I think we did a little better for you this time. <laughs> yeah. I think we I got roughed you up a little bit more. True experience this time. Yeah, true absolutely. Experience. So, I mean, um, you know, had you been to the mountains before when you were in Maine? Never. I only by you know, it, it's kind of like uh, where we are, you know, in the scenic region. We are uh, here in the North Georgia Mountains. Um, I saw it from the lake looking up, not from the elevation looking down, which is, I mean, granted, it's beautiful seeing the mountains by boat. Um, honestly, no better way to see it, but I mean, you got to work for those views and it, you know, they're breathtaking once you get to a certain elevation. So that, that's what it's all about. I would agree. That's why I keep going back, Brad, as you know, but let's talk first a little bit about the trip up there <laughs> so uh we, we got a pretty early start i think we were on a we were would we get up on a plane like about uh 10 in the morning probably right we're flying up to i guess we went into boston so we had a long drive ahead of us but um you and i meet up we get boston. on a plane first thing that happens is we're trying to get on the plane and we get queued up on the on the uh i guess the the entryway into the the aisles of, of getting our seats and then what happens well it's amazing um you know we, we were i thought you originally booked uh um, the seats for a 2-2 and i think that they changed the planes on us right so That's it became right. a 3-2 and what was that we were riding on it was a uh, get it on an md80 md80 so we had it in, into that and so we're thinking okay well it's no longer 2-2 we can't do our normal raucous ride up so we'll, we'll have to keep it down a little bit so 
you know, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll be cool and we'll be considerate for the person that comes in next to us. I was not expecting a, uh, was it a bishop from the Catholic Church to sit next to me? Um, yeah, but before we even get there, so we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to get on the plane, right? Oh, let's back up. Yeah, you're right. We were boarding the plane and, uh. We were going down. We went down the gangway. It was a little bit lined up, like you would normally expect. We're all in the bottleneck, coming through the plane door, and all of a sudden, the stewardess says, "Okay, everybody's going to have to back up." There's, you know, we just set a uh, handicapped person, and we're going to have to bring the uh, um, the chair back through. And so everybody was being forced back out on the gangway. So I look over at the other steward that was standing there in the uh, little kitchen area behind the cockpit. And I said, hey, can I uh, squeeze in here? And he said, sure. And then <laughs> I pulled Steve with me. And uh, so we're getting a little cozy in there. But, it seemed, uh, seemed to work out okay for him. But, you know, the funny thing was when I was backing up, you know, I didn't realize, you know, he was a little bit effeminate. And so I backed up and went, hey, come on. And I kind of stuck out my rump and uh, thought it would be uh, kind of funny to do that. And I think it might have made the steward a little excited. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a pretty man, but uh, obviously it, it did the trick because after that it, he was very nice to us. You know, everyone else passed by. We got to go straight to our seats, and then uh, as we were leaving the little kitchenette area, he said, "Oh well, you know, you guys stop by for some, uh, and I'll, I'll give you some drinks later." And so, you know, we let that roll off our backs. Didn't think anything by it, but he came and found us. On the flight. He hooked us up. Gave us uh, each two bottles, uh, which were doubles, which, what was it, a three-hour flight? Yeah. And by the way, 3 a.m. in the morning, and he, I guess he thought, wow, these guys like to party. Let's get them, uh, let's get them each, they, they definitely each need four shots of Jack at 10 a.m. I mean, <laughs> who doesn't? Who doesn't need that? So, so we basically end up with four airline bottles of uh, Jack Daniels. Um, and I for the ride at eleven o'clock in the morning, at which point you break out your um, <laughs> your uh, your smartphone and have what what was the movie uh, Cabin in the Woods? Well, we had to be prepared, you know, something to watch. I wasn't again not expecting a Catholic priest to be sta- sitting next to me. We were uh, Steve and I were sitting side by side. Steve had the window seat. I'm in the middle seat. The Catholic priest is on the end or the aisle seat. And so I had my phone booted up with Cabin in the Woods. Hey, a little slasher f- flick for the way up. Typical so, horror film. Yeah, it, it, it's October, you know, or actually at that point it was the month before Halloween. So it had come out and I said, yeah, you know, why not? Well, let me see a little slasher f- flick. But um, problem was, it's 11 a.m. Well, and, anyway, before you even get into that, <laughs> most slasher fix, flicks have the... Uh, the uh, the textbook scene with the guy and the girl. The gratuitous sex scene. I had to wave you off because essentially you got not just a Catholic priest, but a bishop that ran like the whole south region of Georgia, or excuse me, um, Boston, sitting next to you. And uh, I, was, I was getting concerned because the screen was completely turned over there. No, you're right. I was I was not being very PC. <laughs> and uh, it might have had something to do with the four jacks that I just drank. <laughs> Perhaps. And it didn't help that the Cabin in the Woods not only had the gratuitous sex scene, but there was ritual killing uh, or a sacrifice, which I'm thinking to myself, as I'm watching this, I'm definitely going to hell. And this guy is looking at me like, oh, yeah, he cannot be saved at this point. (laughs) 
for, fortunately, the the Catholic bishop was uh, extremely friendly. We had a great conversation with him. Once so, we turned uh, the uh, screen away. From yeah, him. exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we, we roll into Boston. We meet two of our friends from Charlotte, North Carolina, who we've hiked with in, in the past. They, uh, um, of course, were quite excited to be in New England for the trip. Great guys. Head to uh, Stratton. And the first thing that uh, we come across is the Sugarloaf Ski Resort, which I had been back uh, and visited in 1994, so it was a return to the ski resort for me. But um, how do you compare? I'm curious to get your assessment, because I ask uh, um, the Camel and Cece about this, but how do you compare Sugarloaf Ski Resort to Stratton, the actual town? Uh, <laughs> you know... Yeah. To me, I mean, if you go to the Sugarloaf Ski Resort, you know, it's commercialized. You know, it's got the very pretty beams that they bring in, the heavy wood. I mean, it, it's exactly what you would think about it uh, when you go into a, a ski resort with it. It's got that lodge. Very posh. Very nice. It's got that lodge. It's got that look and feel. But it's, you know, it's, it's the commercialized lodge that... Uh, you would expect from a ski town you know it's 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 got all the i mean it's you're not roughing it you know it's got every amenity it's got a spa you know it's a little frou-frou and not what you would expect on a hiking trip and honestly uh it's changed significantly in 20 years since i was last there i mean very grown up. They had yeah. like, how many microbrews on tap? For example, at the bar. Yeah, the I bartender mean, was very cool though. If you remember, he was he was a really I, good dude. Absolutely. But normally, when I go hiking and I'm hitting any type of town uh, before hitting the uh, the woods, it's like I got PBR in a can, or I got you know some. I mean, local microbrewery. Don't even know what that is. It's like if it's a local microbrewery, it's shine. Do you want shine with a uh, cherry in it, or do you want just straight up? I mean, you know, it's very basic. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's similar to what uh, what what the camel and Cece had mentioned. But basically, we get into Stratton, a pretty small town, and, and very quaint. We end up at the uh, Stratton Motel. I think we had dinner at the White Wolf Inn that night. And at Stratton, I mean, it has all the character of a typical, uh, or what? A trail town. What, man. a quintessential trail New England town. town. Yeah, it's very cool, very quaint, very uh, very basic. So, Brent, we have, we have what I considered a really fun first night in Stratton. A great meal. Um, at the White Wolf? White Wolf Inn, yeah. Fantastic <laughs> dinner. The... the uh, accommodations at the uh, Stratton Motel were rustic, but the help was fantastic, super nice. So the next morning, we get a shuttle down Caribou Valley Road. We drop a, a car, and we set back off to Maine. I believe it was 27. And, of course, we're greeted the next morning with rain. Classic. Every time I go and hike in New England in the fall, I seem to get rain. So here we are. We set out. And um, it's not raining too hard. It's just kind of spitting on us, right? <clears throat> I think uh, CC, a.k.a. Jim Bunning, immediately blows a strap on his pack. We kind of work around that, do what we got to do with that, and uh, hit the trail in the rain, and then the rain continues. And continues. And continues. So, Brett, your first impression of Maine and the switchbacks. Versus Georgia, where you've done a lot of hiking. Well, I can, I can tell you this. I uh, 
was uh, about two, no, three miles in the hike. And I'm thinking, man, something feels a little bit off. You know, in Georgia, you normally go about a half a mile before the first switchback. And you go back and forth across the mountain so that it's not nearly as steep and you don't kill yourself. You know. And I'm thinking, wow, it's starting to get really steep too. Wow. Northerners must be allergic to switchbacks. <laughs> what is going on here? So That's Pretty accurate. It, I, I think that was the, when we got to the top of the first mountain. I think that was the first thing I said. What, where the hell's the switchbacks? What, what's going on here? So that 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 is that took me uh, by surprise for sure. In defense of the um, of the Northeast, they don't have nearly as many people to um, work the trails. So Georgia is blessed with tons of people that can very easily access the trails. And obviously the people that maintain the trails in the north must be part goat. Part goat. <laughs> They're from mythology. They have the goat legs going Mountain on. goat, obviously. Yeah. What is that, a minotaur with the uh, half horse? They're half goat. <laughs> so, I, I don't know what, what you would call that, but it's something uh, in Greek mythology. So after, uh, God, man, what was it? hours of hiking we finally get on top of north crocker and it's pouring down rain i mean the worst rain we've seen all day and uh, of course yeah great weather so, coming in you know nice smooth flight nice four, drive up you know totally clear four thousand feet pouring down rain cold wet mm. we throw up a tarp just so we can get some lunch because we still got you know what at least four miles left. And, and shut all of our wet clothes because we were all soaked to the bone because I mean, when we started out the day it was warm and so no one really buttoned up their uh, any of their rain gear. And after we've been hiking for a few miles, you know, you're already hot. So mistake every single time. You see the rain coming down and you just like, you crank it down so no water can get in. You can't get wet because once your core gets wet, you're, you know, in trouble. We were just like cruising, man. I because mean, we, we, we were all warmed up. You know, we I, every, I look back, everybody was hiking in rain gear, but everybody had like, their hood down, half, you know, their their uh, rain jackets were half unzipped. And, man, when we got to the top of that mountain, it was cold. <laughs> and we were all soaked to the bone. Yeah, so, I was I was literally, I was tipping gallons of water off our tarp just so we could have some lunch. And I think I accidentally shot some of it down my back. Uh, and that was a, a wake-up call, with, without a doubt. Yeah, I'll tell you, my biggest uh, disappointment that whole time was... It was raining so hard, I didn't get a lot of pictures. You know, like that was a bummer because I, I was afraid to take out my camera as well. But it was some of the most beautiful color I've, I've ever seen. I mean, it was it almost looked like a uh, pastel, or uh, you know, what, what's the uh, painting that it's all the uh, abstract art? You know, where it's just the fall colors. Well, it, it, they were unreal. I mean, they were pastels to the point where you know you only thought it was just uh you know vibrant colors in a picture that that's not true nature it 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 was amazing it was almost like the color you see when you go scuba diving on a coral reef if you could see it it was that bright through the rain and the mist basically yeah but when i mean i I remember just stopping it was pouring down rain i'm soaked to the bone i'm cold wet i'm not complaining because it was beautiful but you know just stopping i think i was changing a uh a song on my ipod and I just kind of looked up, and you know how it's, it's like those visions you get on hikes where you just kind of look up, and it's like, in my mind, I just took a picture. This is something I'm always going to remember. Like, this spot, I'm always going to remember. 
And uh, I, it was one of those things where it's like, I looked up and saw the leaves. I'm like, this is what I will always remember about Maine. It was like, what? in other words, out of all, every, you know, it was a tough hike. It was raining. We were wet and all that. But, I, you know, you have that experience that you take home. That's what it's all about. No rain, no pain, no man. It was, there was some pain there. I, I you know, I, was I, there rain? I tried not to complain. Um, you didn't complain yeah. about there. Oh rain. yeah, no rain, no pain, no man, no no complain. That that was the great thing about the group. No one complained though. That's true, man. I mean, there we we, we made some, some smart Alec uh, comments. <laughs> you know, to say the least. You there, got to. There might have been some four letter. Uh, you know, you know, explanations in there, but uh, no one really complained about it. It's like, man, you we got to take care it. of this. We got to take care of that, and you're in it. Yeah, you deal with it. No, this is what we're here for, man. It's what it's all about. <laughs> hey, so uh, biggest surprise on mm-hmm. the whole thing? What surprised you the most on the on the uh, trip? Um, God, that's a hard. I mean, because I was surprised in two ways, like, um. I was pleasantly surprised by, I mean, the color. I just never expected that. Um, How pretty I, the leaves were. I, I mean, even the small little towns were just so cool. That just the whole experience of going through the small towns up there, and um, you know, and seeing that color. Not only that, but like the shuttle driver um, taking us from the hostel to, or actually from the picking us up and taking us back to the hostel. Um, you know, just you meet such cool people. Uh, along the trail, it's funny because you know you, you think about southern hospitality, you don't think about northern hospitality on the trail, and that's kind of what I experienced. Well, so. He's southern hospitality because you're a southern guy. Uh, well, I know, but I did. I guess you know uh, I didn't expect it to be that that kind of hospitality from start to finish. You know, no matter what the state or where you're located, it was just kind of you had that vibe. I actually thought we were going to see a moose because there was a lot of um, moose scat on the trail. We didn't see one. Are you bummed you didn't get a, get a moose? Uh, I'm kind of bummed about that. Um, Haven't seen a moose. Huh? I've never you seen a, one in the Northeast. I saw, um, you know, all the caribou and everything when I went out to, um, uh, out to Wyoming. But, you know, it's just, uh, I was looking for that northern moose, you know, what what you see on the wall. You know, I want to see it out running around free. Nah. You did get, get your moose at Gander Mountain, though. I, I got the, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they shot a moose and put it in a uh, a, uh, a plastic mold and then uh, poured some iron out of it. So, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> it counts for something. <laughs> it counts for something. <laughs> it's a replica of a dead moose standing up. Your your most memorable moment from the trail? Jeez. Uh, um, on the trail or off the trail? Either one, man. Actually, just from the weekend. Um, I think the most memorable part of the weekend was, it's kind of the tailgating. You know, how you always remember the game, kind of, it's kind of blurry, but you always remember the tailgating. It's kind of like that. We got up there and it was, uh, it was, we're all getting ready. We've been, you know, we've been flying on planes, uh, for three hours and doing all that transition and then driving, what was it? We made it into six hours hours because we kept on stopping to pick up stuff. I think it was like every third exit because everyone forgot something or had to pee or whatever and uh, just <laughs> stretched it out to a six-hour road. So it was it was planes, trains, uh, automobiles without the trains. Um, and we got up there and it, we just all uh, started watching football, 
ordered uh, these big plates of um, meat or something fried that, you know... Fried clams. That, that would kill somebody from all the frying. They'd have a cardiac arrest on the spot. Yeah, just, just huge meals, you know. We we're like drinking these big beers, and we're like, "Oh, we're gonna go and hit. We're gonna go and hit the trail tomorrow." We got we're underneath a uh, white wolf moose that it's like all lit up in red, like or uh, what was it? The white wolf lit up in red. I got a picture of that. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was like, "Oh, we're gonna go and take this on." You know, a little naive, obviously, and but it was just that excitement, you know, before you go. I mean, I had fun before the storm. I really love going on the trail, but it was like the anticipation of, man, we traveled all this way to do this. And just that anticipation before you go, man, it's just, uh, that's what it's all about, you know, getting that charged up to go. How do you want your next trip to Maine to go down? Next time you go, what do you want to be different? Other uh, than than having some some sunshine. uh, Yeah, I was about to say, um... Okay, if I go if I go hiking, let there be no rain. If I go skiing, let there be no blizzard. And if I go canoeing, let there be no thirty uh, foot waves. That, that's <laughs> you know, that's it's like I don't want the extreme, man. Just give me the middle. Just give me the middle. That's all I want from nature. That's it. And any advice to our listeners that may be uh, contemplating a trip to man? Oh man, uh, yeah. Get waterproof boots that are sealed. Test them in a river. Um, and then test the rain gear, man. And, and do not skimp. If you're going to, if you're going to um, opt out of anything, go without the tarp or uh, any any fuel and get, and get some good rain gear, man. Because, I mean, those are luxuries. You need something that keeps you your core dry. So, so on, that, that that, topic, <laughs> on that topic, what what equipment were you glad that you had, and what equipment do you wish you didn't have, mm. other than your pack, which we never use, basically? You know, I, you know, I must be a good politician because the best piece of equipment on the trail was the tarp that you carried. So I, pre- I appreciate you carrying because <laughs> I carried it because <laughs> I didn't have I to. Carried it, you used I, it. It was the most useful <laughs> and and the least weight in my pack. I mean, mm-hmm. when when I'm I'm digging that. That's a good point. That was that was that was very nice of me. Mm-hmm. It, hey, anything you want to carry something heavier, you know, I'll trade out. You know, I'm, I'm a giver. <laughs> I'll take some food here. Take this four pound pack. <laughs> What, what about gear that you uh, wish you didn't bother with? Other than your, basically your whole pack because you didn't use it. Yeah, essentially. I mean, we stripped down so much that honestly I, there wasn't one thing that would not have been used in my pack. And I mean, I went over my pack knowing it was going to be a, a tough trail. I mean, I went over my pack. It, I wrote everything down, I know, twice. And then I, I repacked my pack three times. I mean, it's like I packed it. Not too, still too heavy. I need to, I need to cut it down some, and just I got it down to where it needed to be. So, um, too bad I didn't use ninety five percent of it, and I probably could have just gone with a with a, a energy bar and uh, <laughs> and and maybe two thermoses of water, and that and I would have been way better off than all the gear I had on my back since we didn't camp. <laughs> How'd you That's like, all I needed, man. <laughs> how'd you like the video recap uh, once we got off the trail? Um, I think I would sum it up in the same words from the uh, trail. 
soggy. I mean, <laughs> that's it. Dude, I, yeah. I, I knew I felt soggy, but then when I look back and I see myself saying it, I'm like, this guy, I mean, look at them. They've been out from 9.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. in rain that was blowing at you, frontwards, sidewards, upwards, backwards, and, you know, just through you. <laughs> and, you know, by the way, we clocked in at a mile an hour. Oh. Anybody that doesn't know what Maine's like, there are parts of Maine where you just, you're not going to do two miles an hour. You're not going to do three. We clocked in at a mile an hour over but, that whole period of time. But the good thing about that is, you know, there's only about 220 miles of Maine, like if you did the whole northern and southern AT of Maine. So, you know, if you think about it, it's only 220 hours. It's not really that big of a commitment <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. one state. That's that, that You know, that's not bad. It's worthy thinking. Well, Brett, thank you for uh, doing the podcast tonight. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll have more excursions into New England, so we'll have to pick your brain on this stuff again sometime soon. I hope so. If my knees hold out. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't getting any younger, my friend. Uh, hey, it doesn't start. It, your uh, spirit doesn't stop. It's the body that uh, quits on you. Yeah, no so kidding. That's it. Well, I'll put you down for next year, my man. All right, I'm there. Thanks for uh, joining us for the podcast tonight. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Into Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter, wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to this show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also download shows directly from intobackpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. Music for this show was provided by Jarrus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. This show is a production of Into Backpacking and is copyrighted by Into Ventures Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at intobackpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number two, backpacking.com. <laughs>